0: Um, recalibrate is a word that I would would use to describe my current season of life. And, And recalibrate means, let me look up the definition, it means this. There's multiple definitions for calibrate, but the one that fits today is this. To standardize by determining the deviation from a standard so as to ascertain the proper correction factors. So I'm going to break that down for you and I, okay? And I don't know how it fits in science or whatever because I never attended Cornerstone and I'm not that smart. But basically to recalibrate something means to take something like it's a a tool or measurement or something and to acknowledge, okay, this thing has gone off course. Here's the standard. So we need to remeasure it and put that thing back in its proper place. And, And the easiest way I know to describe that is like, you know how when you go through the automatic car wash, and some of you aren't driving yet. You'll experience this panic one day soon enough. And there's like a, a, a treadway where your tire goes, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like one tire. Man, it stresses me out every time. Mm-hmm. And, and you line it up, and they're like, come on. And they're like, slow down. Come on, slow down. And the whole time, man, my pits are just sweating in my car because <laughs> I think that somehow if I miss that one tire track, it's going to totally misline everything, I like, totally jack my car up, Right. But when you're driving that car and you miss that track, you can feel it, right? Like something's not quite right. Well, I think that's true in our lives, in our walk with the Lord, where we can pause and acknowledge, okay, something is not quite right. And that has been the last two months of my journey. And I'm going to explain some of that today. But I'm going to share a story with you guys that you've heard a million times. You've probably taken a Bible class on it here before. And you could probably do a much better job at presenting it than I could. But I want you to listen like you've never heard before. Because I believe that God wants to recalibrate you and I today in the kindest, gentlest way. So we're going to start with Psalm 1. Psalm 1, the first three verses. I don't bring your Bibles to chapel. Right here, baby. Right here. <laughs> they just sitting here looking at me. I mean, I'm sweating trying to find Psalm. I know where it's at, but right now I can't find it. <laughs> Help me out, middle schoolers. Help a friend out. <laughs> Woo. Tough crowd. All right, my bad. All right, here we go. Psalm 1, first three verses says this Blessed is the man. That is a picture of what you and I and our lives are to look like. And I'm going to just be super honest. My tree is like wilted and dead and the leaves are crumbling. And, and those who know me well would acknowledge that. Like, Tara, where are you at? You're not coming around to school. What's going on? i like, oh, nothing. Busy. Tied up. <laughs> you know, and that's their kind way of saying, uh, your tree is dying. What's going on? And so that is a picture of how our lives as Jesus followers is supposed to be. So the question remains is, what remains is this. Either God's word is not true and we have the biggest lawsuit on our hands, or we need to be realigned or recalibrated to the truth of things. Does someone 1, 1 through 3, reflect your life? Think about your life for a minute. Don't answer out loud, but think about your life. If people took an inside look at you, at the life you live beyond social media, okay? Because no one's, like, posting their terrible days, right? No one's, like, posting their sin, like, man, can you, can you imagine Snapchat if it became, like, a sin confessional, right? That would wipe out the streaks. <laughs> but if people took a, a snapshot of your life and the parts of your life that nobody knows about, Would they say that you are like a tree planted by streams of water who yields fruit, good fruit, and whose leaves never never wither? I love trees. Ever since I was a little kid, I love trees. Look, up north we have actual trees. And they're big. And they're beautiful. And they have leaves. And they provide shade. And they're incredible. But even trees on the earth go through seasons. They go through cycles. Where they die in the winter, or they sleep, or they do whatever they do. Okay. And then in the springtime, when it rains, the, the leaves come out, and they're bright and they're beautiful. Would people, would your closest friends, if they were being honest, say, Yeah, they're doing well? They're doing well. Their life looks like Jesus. They sound like Jesus. And they smell like Jesus. Would people say that about you? Okay. So if it doesn't, if it doesn't, then either God's word isn't true, or we need to be recalibrated. We're going to talk today about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I'm going to call them Shad, Mesh, and Abe for short. And this is in uh, Daniel chapter three. And basically, for the sake of time, I'm going to um, I'm going to paraphrase. Okay, you guys can read the chapter later. But Daniel chapter three. There's a king, and his name is Nebuchadnezzar. And, and he builds this giant statue made of gold. I mean, giant. And he calls everyone to town. Because he says that anyone, well, everyone who is there must... I'm thrown off by the PJs over here, man. Y'all are killing me. <laughs> Someone should have warned a friend. Wow, I just got to stay over here. <laughs> i seeing, like, basketball stars in these PJs. I just want to laugh. Um, I'm just hanging out with you guys today, okay? <laughs> and so King Nebuchadnezzar builds this giant golden statue, and he says, look, when you hear the music, when the big band comes out and plays their music, everyone must bow down and worship the statue. Now there was, like, everyone in their mama was there. Governors, royalty, famous people, not famous people. Everybody was there, and not just from that town, but from the surrounding area. It was like a marching band competition with a giant gold statue. (laughs) And the one rule is when the music starts, everyone is to bow down and worship, except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were there. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a choice. See, you and I always have a choice. We will either choose to obey God or we will choose not to obey God. It's that simple, and no one can take that choice for you. You are 100% responsible for your choices. I am 100% responsible for my choices. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a choice. Would they listen and do what God said? And God says, you shall have no other gods before me. Or would they listen to what the king said? After all, it wasn't just some goofball in the crowd who said, hey, why don't we just bow down to the gold statue? It was the king. And back in Bible times, you know who had the power? The king. Not the principal, but the king. And <laughs> so, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are conflicted, and they have a choice. So the music starts. Instantly, everyone bows down to the golden statue, except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now on this particular day, we got some snitches in the crowd. And so the snitches go to the king and they said, Oh, Mr. King, didn't you say that everyone was supposed to bow down? (coughs) Shadrach. (laughs) Meshach. (coughs) (laughs) Abednego. And the king's like, yeah, I did say that. And the snitch said, Well, there's these three gentlemen. I mean, we don't want to really point fingers, but those three guys over there (laughs) didn't bow down. And so the king said, Bring them here. And he said, Okay, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Is it true? Don't you hate it when people start a conversation like that? Is it true? Is it true that you didn't bow down? And, And the three guys said, Yes, sir, it is. And the king said, okay, I'm going to give you one more chance. As if that's going to change anything, right? right. King says, I'm going to give you one more chance. And so the music plays again. The band starts playing. And everyone, thousands of people, it must have been a sight to see everyone instantly bows down. Except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He is ticked off now before I tell you what happens next here's the thing if you don't acknowledge god as god in your life then you will be the one bowing down to a golden statue if you don't acknowledge god as god in your life then you're going to be one that you're going to be the one bowing down to some false idol in your life in a lot of time our, the gods that we bow down to is self right like, I care more about what tariff wants than what God wants. Too honest. <laughs> Pride, image, your social media, your accomplishments, your sin that you think satisfies, but it actually doesn't. If you refuse to bow down and worship God for who he is, then you will spend your entire life worshiping someone else who is not worthy. There's no, there's no plan B. <laughs> That's just fact of the matter. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down because God was their God. And the king finds out and he gets ticked. And he's so mad, he orders them thrown into the fiery furnace. And they don't have flame-retarded clothing on. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no free bag of marshmallows to take with them into the fire. And if that's not bad enough, the king says... Turn it up seven times hotter. Seven times. And the Bible says that the furnace was so hot that the king's men, the big rawr, men who tied up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I mean, can you imagine what that was like? Excuse me, sir, that's a little tight on my ankles. You think you could loosen it up a little bit? I'd like a little wiggle room. <laughs> you know, like, what did that look like? How did the conversation go down? But anyway, it says that the furnace was so hot that the king's men who threw the men into the fire instantly caught on fire and died. Now that was a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day for those (laughs) gentlemen. Just saying, I don't think they woke up that day thinking we're going to die today doing our job, right? Like, was that on the job application? Side effects, maybe caught on fire, you know? (laughs) And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into the fire. Now this story would play out entirely different if the story ended this way. And a short time later, all of the people at the festivities, after bowing down to the golden idol, smelled something foul. The king looked, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were dead. And the people continued to bow down to their golden statue, and life moved on. This story would be entirely different if that's how it played out. But that's not how it plays out because it says that the king looked and he saw not three but four people in the furnace and not bound but walking around and he said hey didn't I throw three people into that furnace well people are like uh yes sir I mean the whole demeanor of the atmosphere has changed right because not people have died and there's people in the furnace, and the king is ticked off. So we've gone from rah-rah, sisping ball, <laughs> everyone's bowing and happy, to, like, it's, like, funeral, morgue, awkward. <laughs> I'm not going to take the king off, like, but I'm sure people are getting tired of bowing down because if you stand up, bow down, stand up, bow down. And there had to have been people in that crowd that day who were like, uh, why are we buying down to a gold statue? You know, I'm just saying. Like, they could have all been that down. Like, oh, yeah, a gold statue, you know? <laughs> and so the whole environment, the whole atmosphere is just kind of whack at this point. And so the king says, hey, then," and I throw three people in? They're like, yeah. He's like, well, there's four. Pull them out. And it's phenomenal. Because the Bible says that their hair's were not cinched. their clothes were not touched by the fire, and they didn't even smell like smoke. You know what I hate about a bonfire? I hate the after smoke. You know what uh, I'm talking about. Uh, you could stand back 200 feet from a bonfire because, like, smell's is so really important to me. I don't like to smell bad. Like, I base all of my decisions on smell factors. So if you're not my friend, it's because you smell bad. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> well, not entirely honest, just partially. <laughs> just kidding. But smell is a big deal to me. Like, I don't care what the shampoo does to my hair. The question is, how does it smell? Same thing with detergent. I purchased my detergent based entirely upon smell. Stupid, I know. It is what it is. But I hate smelling like a bonfire. And, and there could be a bonfire, and I'm going to stay at 200 yards away, Right? And I'm gonna go home and reclock bonfire. And then my whole room smells like bonfire, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> like, I didn't wanna smell like bonfire. <laughs> so the fact that three men were in the furnace with flames, flames that killed. Burger King, have it your way. They flame broiled the king's dough. <laughs> that was so much terror. That was so. In <laughs> this is what happens while I stay you up know. They did it, still so, like smoke. And so the king says, "This there is no god, but the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we will bow and worship him only." Now, here's the point. I know, it's incredible. It's an incredible story. But here's the point, and this is what I don't want you to miss. The purpose of the fire was never to consume Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The purpose was to refine them. Fire refines. Refining means it draws out the impurities. It takes all the wrong things out. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but life is difficult. And you're going to go through difficult things. And the majority of the difficult things that you're going to go through is because of your own stupid choices. Sin is wrong. Sin hurts. Sin always keeps you longer than you longer want to stay and costs you more than you want to pay. Just trust me on this. It's a dead end. Been there, done that. 37 years in. It will never satisfy. But there are times that you are going to go through things in life that are hard and difficult, and it's because of other people's choices and sin. Or it's just because we live in a fallen, broken world. So when someone you love gets diagnosed with cancer, you have a choice. You're either going to trust God in the midst of that pain and in the midst of that difficulty and in the midst of that journey, or you're not. But for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that day, death seemed inevitable, right? Like, there's no plan B. Because they even told the king, and I missed this, but they even told the king in verse, I think it's verse 18. Let me start in verse 17. If this be so, this is when the king said, is it true you didn't bow down? And they said, sir, with all due respect, we don't really need to answer you in this, but um, yes, kindly, sir. We didn't bow down because we serve the one true God. And the king's like, man, you better bow down or I'm going to throw you punks in my little, my little pit over there. <laughs> and so they said this, verse 17. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. And then three of the most powerful words in the entire Bible in verse 18. But if... Not. Oh, gut puncher. Dang it, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you weren't supposed to say that. (laughs) But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. The purpose of the fire is never to consume you. It's to refine you. It's to shape you. It's to make you more like Jesus so that you look more like Jesus and sound more like Jesus. The purpose of the trials in your life is not to beat you down and push you away from God and to kill you and squash you. The purpose is to refine you because he wants to use it to mold you and to shape you. But if not, there's tension there, isn't there? Like, okay, okay. I know that God is omnipotent, which is a big word. That means God is all-powerful. So literally, God is so strong and powerful that he can do anything. But what do you do when it feels like or seems like he's not doing anything? Current situation, two months in, right here. I'm wrestling through that thing. And let me tell you where I've gotten it wrong. Instead of allowing the fire to refine me, I've allowed it to consume me. And I, I read like a bonfire, <laughs> because instead of yielding to God, instead of surrendering to God, man, I'm putting up a fight. And guess who's losing? You. Yeah. Thanks for saying that so loudly. <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate <laughs> <did> that. <laughs> None of the came from the middle school side. So that's all right. I'll get you guys in a couple years. Now I'm just playing. No, but you're right. I'm losing because you can't win an argument with God because He is God. We are not. So the, tro- the, the trouble in your life, the problems, the trials. <clears throat> God doesn't allow you to go through that because he doesn't care. and Because he doesn't love you. Or because he's so far off and, and distant and too busy with everyone else's problems that he's kind of written you off like, oh, figure it out. You know? It's to refine you. But if you don't surrender to that process you will die by the fire death seemed inevitable for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego but who lived in the end? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and not only did they live but other people got to know and experience who God was that he was the one true God and he was good in all things because of how they responded to the fire but when bad times come in our lives what do we do? Deuce out, right? Quit going to church, start cussing, start listening to bad music, whatever. You're fill in the blank with whatever your sin flavor is. Right? But here's the point. How you and I respond to difficulty in our life will either put God on display or it won't. Either people will look at our lives and say, wow, there must be a God. And I want to know what Mrs. Mathis believes. Because I know she's having a bad day, but she's still being joyful. I want to know what Coach Bird has. Because she's always praying for people. And she's just a healing like me. What is it? How you respond to the difficulties in your life will either put God on display or it won't. And here's the biggest test. You ready? And I'm finished after this. <clears throat> here's the biggest test. Can you say these three words? But if not. God can do anything. But if not. God can rescue my family. But If not, God can help me overcome this sickness or or this illness. But if not, if you can't say those three words with complete honesty, then the fire is consuming you. I can't say those three words honestly today. I want to. But if I'm being really honest, which is what I do at Cornerstone, because it's the most annoying, beautiful thing in the world having a really hard time saying those things. Because the one thing I have begged God to do my entire life, it seems like he's not doing. And I'm mad. So this is how the conversation has gone. Ready? Okay, God, if you're not going to do something, I'll be glad to do something. Excuse me. (laughs) You know? Like, like I'm going to do anything. Like, Like, I have the wisdom or the power to change anything. But if not, God can do anything. But if not, he's done enough. But if not, I'm going to say the course. But if not, I'm going to keep praying. But if not, I'm going to keep showing up. But if not, I'm going to keep loving them. If you can't say those three words with honesty, then you have not surrendered to God. And that fire will consume how you respond to the difficulties in your life will either put God on display or they won't. When everything is at its worst, we can trust two things. There is still life and God is still working. There is still life and God is still working. How will you respond to that? Can you say those three words? And if you can't, then what is holding you back? You know who's really good at being God? God. You know who's really bad at trying to be God? But you, me. me. <laughs> so, let's close in prayer. God, thank you for today. And God, thank you for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they kind of get on my nerves. I wish they would have Grumbled. I wish they would have responded how I would have. But they didn't. God, they were resilient in their commitment to you that they refused to do what everyone else was doing. They refused to bow down to some false god or some really big statue. They cared more about you than about themselves. And God, that's the kind of life I want to live. And I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry for always trying to do your job and and being so prideful to think that I could even do anything. But if not, God, help us to embrace those words. Help us to have a faith and a trust so deep. God, make us like the tree planted by streams of water whose roots go down deep and whose leaf never withers and who yields fruit. God, we want to have that kind of faith and that kind of trust that we can say God can save the day. But if not, we will continue to believe. We will continue to trust. We will continue to pray. We will continue to be faithful. We will continue to love you. God, give us the courage to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And God, may others see you in the midst of our trials. God, be the God of our good days. Be the God of our bad days. In Jesus' name, amen.